Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast for the Wilmington, Ohio Church of Christ. We pray that this message will inspire you and help you grow closer to God in your faith. Be sure to stick around after the message to find out more about how you can take your next best step. Enjoy the message. Well, it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Especially in our house, we put up our Christmas tree after Thanksgiving, and uh, my wife always decorates it and makes it look beautiful. And uh, I'm getting more and more excited about Christmas. I'm not always excited about Christmas uh, and all the stress that goes along with it, but this year I'm so excited because I think I found a perfect gift for my children. Uh, It's a perfect gift because, number one, it's not very expensive. It is something they want. Uh, They did not ask for it on their list, and they don't know they want it, but when they receive it, they will love it. And I I got uh, one for each of my children. I I think they're just going to, I think they're just going to be blown away. And I'm, I'm having trouble just waiting, waiting to give them this gift. Um, It, uh, it, it's going to be, it's just going to be a great morning. I I, I can barely wait. I wonder if God uh, felt the same way as he was thinking about and preparing and planning to send Jesus Christ to earth as the greatest gift anyone could ever receive. As we approach Christmas, uh, December 25th, and as we approach it this year, and we are thinking about the gifts that we're going to give, the gifts that we're going to receive, the gifts that we still haven't bought yet, I want us to refocus our attention on the greatest gift um, ever given to anyone and any place at any time, and that is Jesus Christ. Today's passage is going to be Galatians chapter 4, and we're going to start with verse 4, and we're going to read through verse 7. And um, it is just a spectacular way to describe this perfect, perfect gift from God who is Jesus Christ. And I like how Galatians does it. It's not your normal Christmas passage, although we'll, we'll look at some of those too. But it is a beautiful way to describe this perfect gift from God to us. Um, Galatians chapter 4, starting with verse 4. Here's what it sounds like. But when the time, the set time, had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God made you also an heir. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, I want to see three beautiful attributes of this gift here um, in Galatians chapter 4. One is it is the perfect time. Perfect timing. Marvelous plan. A exquisite, marvelous plan and beautiful results. Perfect time. Marvelous plan. Beautiful results. First, we'll talk a little bit about that time. I I like how in Galatians chapter 4 says... When the set time had fully arrived, when the set time had fully come. There's a couple of Greek words that are used for time we find in our scripture. One is called kairos time and the other is called chronos time. Um, Just on a side note, we have a coffee shop in our town called Kairos Coffee. It's like the season for coffee is always right now. Kairos has to do with like the season is right for something to happen. The uh, conditions are right. It's kind of like if... uh, 
A woman has entered into her ninth month of pregnancy, like Mary did back in the day uh, that Jesus was going to be born. Uh, the season was right for her to give birth. It was somewhere in the, in the third trimester, in the ninth month, and it was ripe and time for the birth to happen, but they didn't know the moment. That's Kairos. The moment the birth happened is Kronos time. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, uh, it, it says these words. Let me read these words to you. Uh, they're kind of beautiful, but it has to do with Kairos time. The season is right. In Romans chapter 5, verse 6, it says, You see, at just the right time, at the right season, when everything was ripe, while we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. We were powerless and ungodly. I like um, how the message says that we um, were weak and rebellious. That is the right time for us to have a rescue happen. We can't do anything to rescue ourselves, and we're rebelling against God, moving away from him. When he sins, it's the right time to send his son to rescue us, to die for us. Right when we can't do anything about it, it is all by grace. It's all by grace we are saved. God sent Jesus at just the right season of our life. While we were powerless, while we were weak, and while we were ungodly and rebellious. That's the Kairos time. The season is right. But in Galatians chapter 4 here, it's Kronos time. The moment of the birth has arrived. And it was the exact perfect time in history. It was the right uh, time, uh, the very moment. Um, you know, when the, when the Magi came from the east, they said, we have seen his star in the east and we have come to worship the king. Well, if Jesus had been born uh, a little bit before, a little bit after, the Magi who have come from the east, who had read the stars and who had read the prophecies would have missed it. It was the right play. It was the right people. In uh, Matthew chapter one, I love how the birth story of Jesus talks about Joseph and Mary. And uh, I just look at how the perfect person was given to adopt Jesus as his son. Verse 18 of chapter 1 in Matthew says, This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother, Mary, was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. Joseph didn't know she was pregnant from the Holy Spirit. All he knew was his fiance was pregnant. And they had not been together. So he didn't want her to expose the law where she could be stoned to death. Instead, he was going to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. You see how Jesus was born at just the perfect time. The star was there. The magi got to come. But it was he was also born. Uh, part of God's perfect uh, timing is being born to the right people. Joseph was an honorable, righteous man. Not only was he honorable and righteous, but he was open to hearing from the Lord and then obeying quickly. When Joseph was righteous, he was going to protect Mary, even though he felt like she had maybe betrayed him. Then when he found out uh, the 
the baby was from God. He was righteous and he did everything right according to the law and right according to God and even right according to Mary. And he married her, took her home as his wife, did not consummate the marriage, and then obeyed and named him Jesus. The perfect timing involves not only what we needed, but also the perfect time to carry out the plan uh, for Jesus to save us. He was born at the right time, in the very right moment, Kronos time, to the very right people and born in the right place. The prophets Micah had prophesied that Bethlehem would be the home of Jesus. And God even orchestrated in this perfectly timed plan, this uh, Kronos time plan, to get uh, Joseph and Mary and the baby to Bethlehem. In those days, Luke chapter 2, verse 1, you've heard this before, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quinarius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to, a, to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. God's perfect timing. It couldn't have been even more perfect than the perfect time, the perfect people, the perfect place, and even how he got them there just perfectly timed. I mean, what would it, I mean, think about the timing of God that he sends Joseph and Mary to Bethlehem when it was so crowded, there was no room for them. And Joseph, being honorable, had taken Mary as his wife, but now everybody knows she's pregnant before they're married, and even their families won't let them in to a guest room. And so Jesus, who leaves heaven, and hides his glory behind his humanity. Jesus, who is God and equal to God in nature, God the Father, is Jesus the Son, and he submits himself to the plan. He submits himself to becoming human. He submits himself to being a human baby, and then he submits himself even lower to being born where there's no room for them, and he has to be put in a food trough. Jesus is always lowering himself, but that was all part of the plan. And it was perfectly timed out by God. I like Galatians chapter 4. But when the set time, the chronos time, had fully come, the perfect moment in the, in the plan, God sent his son. One last thing about the timing. I, I just want us to, to see the beauty and wonder of this timing. This is not like, this is not like the hero action movie where the bomb is getting ready to go off and it's ticking down and it's 10, 9, 8, and you see the hero running to make the rescue, 7, 6, 5, and uh, while the clock is going down, more than a minute is passing in the movie. And then right before the clock hits zero and it explodes and everybody dies, the hero steps in, he cuts the right wire, and it stops right at one. Like he barely made it on time. This is not how God's time works. God planned out to the exact moment. And when the clock struck the exact time, God said, okay, now it's time to go. Not that he was rushed, not that he just barely showed up on time, just that he was executing his plan at the fully set, correct Kronos time in history. I like how God sends Jesus to us at the perfect time. It is 
part of this marvelous plan that he shows up at the set full time. And the marvelous plan continues. It's grace upon grace. It keeps growing in how great this grace is to us. Listen to God's plan explained about Jesus coming to us. God sent his son, verse 4 of Galatians, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. Now, God's plan had more working parts than just those four. But in Galatians chapter 4, um, God explains, Paul explains in verse 4 and 5, part of this four-part plan, marvelous, exquisite plan that God put in place to make us all have a Merry Christmas in Jesus Christ. First, Jesus had to be born to be just like us. If he was going to come rescue us, he has to be like us to fulfill all righteousness. When Paul talks about righteousness in Romans and having uh, we are either righteous or unrighteous, there's different definitions to righteousness. One definition to righteousness that I really, really like that uh, Waltke, uh, a professor of Hebrew, um, says righteousness is I benefit somebody else at my own expense. Jesus was fully righteous. He benefits us at his expense. And unrighteous is the inverse of that. I take advantage of someone to benefit myself. I benefit myself at someone else's expense. Jesus never did this. He was righteous. Another way to use the word righteous, though, is to be right in relationship to God's law. God says there are two ways to be right with his law. You can be perfectly obedient to his law, and you're right according to his law. You're righteous. Or you can be punished for breaking the law. And if you're punished for breaking the law, you're also made right with the law. Um, I... I uh, recently, and I mentioned this a couple of months ago, a couple of months ago, I received a speeding ticket. Not happy about it at all, but I had broken the speed limit and I'd broken the law. You know what made me right with the law? I received a ticket for a fine for my speeding. And the police officer, very kind, very gentle, uh, very serious. He said, uh, you can pay this ahead of time and you don't have to show up for court. But if you don't pay it ahead of time, you'll need to show up for court. Well, I paid it ahead of time before my court date, and I was made right with the law, and now I don't have to show up for court. Jesus came at just the right time, born to a woman. He became just like us. He was perfectly human and God. When God came to earth as Jesus, the Son, he added something to his nature. He added humanity to his nature, so he was fully God and fully human, fully divine. He didn't lose any of his divinity. He didn't lose any of his power. He didn't lose any of his uh, might or glory, but he did hide his glory behind his humanity. He added being human to uh, himself. If he was human, that means he can die in our place. And this is part of God's plan. He's going to make us right with the law. We can't perfectly obey the law, but we can be punished for our disobedience to the law well, when Jesus came, born of a woman, perfectly human and perfectly God, and never sinning, he can take our place to, to uh, be born under the law. To make us right with the law, Jesus was born under the law. He has to be in right relationship to the law as well, and he never broke the law. He always obeyed God's law. He had a perfect relationship to the law. And because of that, he can now fulfill the other two parts of this plan, to buy us back and bring us home. It says here, 
Um, he was born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law. He buys us out of our debt. We owe a right relationship to God, and we're going to be punished because we've broken the law, but Jesus pays for our punishment. He buys us. That's what the word redemption means, redeems us. It's like when you go redeem a coupon, you use it. He redeems us. He buys us out of from under the law's requirement that we be punished for breaking it. When he died on the cross, he took our sin on himself, and because he was perfect, he could die in our place. Because he was human, he could die in our place like us, but because he was God, he could die in the place of everyone. Being human means he's like us, and he can redeem a person because he's a person. But being God, he can redeem all people because he's big enough to cover everybody's sin. This is part of the plan, being born of a woman, being born under the law, but he kept it instead of breaking it and redeeming us out of our sin debt, pays for it. That's why the scripture says we are justified. We have been declared not guilty because our penalty has been paid. We are made righteous right according to the law because Jesus paid the penalty in our place. And finally, born to a woman, born under the law, redeems us, buys us back, and then he brings us home. He brings us home as a son or a daughter. Brings us home with adoption. Born of a woman, born under the law, verse 5, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. He brought us, he brings us into the family of God as children of God. Mitch Album, he wrote a book called Tuesdays with Maury that he became really famous for. He recently released a book called Stranger in a Lifeboat where uh, these um, people are stranded in a lifeboat in the middle of the ocean. No one's coming to rescue them. And they find somebody floating and they bring him on board. And he says, I am the Lord. And he, they have to wrestle with, did Jesus just show up in their lifeboat? And the reason why I mentioned Mitch Album is uh, Mitch Album was visiting and had a friend in Haiti who owned an orphanage. And the friend in Haiti who owned the orphanage brought Mitch Album down to the orphanage and he showed Mitch Album around. He showed them around the orphanage and how they were taking care of kids. And Mitch Album fell in love with those kids and he fell in love with that orphanage. And the, the older gentleman who was running that orphanage says, well, I'm so glad you love it so much because I'm getting too old to take care of the orphanage. I don't have any money, but you, you're a best-selling author and you're young. You can take over the orphanage and you can spend your money on the orphanage. And you know what Mitch Album did? He did. He spent his money on this orphanage in Haiti because he fell in love with what God was doing for those kids and how they were helping and rescuing kids. And while he was there helping to rescue kids and, and pouring money into this orphanage, um, I wrote down, I think, what the orphanage is called. It's called Have Faith Haiti Mission and Orphanage. As he's pouring money into uh, this orphanage and as he's pouring money into these children and as he's pouring money into saving kids, he tells everybody that he can. He said, if you'll just come with me to Haiti, if you'll just come with me and visit the orphanage, as soon as you see those kids, as soon as you see how we're taking care of them, how we're rescuing them, how we're bringing kids off the street who uh, have no family, how we're bringing abandoned kids who are just, who have lived without parents for weeks and months, we bring them in and rescue them. He said, once you see it, you'll be convinced this is this is action that takes place that honors God. You won't be able to resist. You'll have to come back. He was so convinced and so in love with some of these children. He even, him and his wife, even adopted a child from Haiti to bring home as their own 
Mitch and his wife were never able to have children. And he said they prayed and they prayed and they prayed for children. And then 20 years after that prayer, they got a child. They got 53 children that they take care of in that orphanage, but they received a daughter to bring home as their own. And that daughter who had suffered in Haiti and who had been blessed with now a family developed a tumor, a rare form of cancer, and then died. And Mitch talks about how he was just blessed with a gift from God to be able to spend time with his little girl, to be able to help her to the best of his ability, and to just show her love as his own child. And he claims her as his child to this day, that they have had a daughter and that their daughter passed away. And it's still extremely sad for them to talk about it, but they have never stopped loving their child. Jesus, when he comes to earth, as a baby. And he has to grow in wisdom. He has to grow physically. He turns into a man and then he brings about the kingdom of God into our midst. When he goes to the cross and buys us out of our sin slavery and rescues us from being uh, a debt under the law, he also buys us to be his children in God's family. He loves us so much that he wants to adopt us into God's family. We become a child of God, and God loves us so much that he wants to take care of us. He wants to bring us into his kingdom even more. He wants to give us good gifts. This is God's marvelous, exquisite plan for you. He wants you to be in his family. Look at this passage one more time and just imagine that what God has done so that he could rescue us. But when the time, the set time, had fully come, God sent his son. Jesus crosses the universe for you, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law that we might receive adoption to sonship. This is perfectly timed and, and marvelously executed plan. A perfect plan and a marvelous, uh, perfect timing and a marvelous plan. And now look at the beautiful results. Because you are his sons or daughters, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. You know, Jesus dying on the cross makes us legally right with God. But then God sends the spirit of his son, the Holy Spirit, into our hearts so that we can experience God's uh, uh, grace as well. Not just know it legally, but also experience it. I love how Jesus declares us righteous with God's law, but then he sends his spirit so that we can experience this love and this grace of being a child of God. This word here... Um, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. It has this idea of this passionate prayer that turns to the Lord. And Paul puts two different types of words here for the word Father. One is the Greek, one is the uh, Aramaic. The Aramaic is Abba, and it was this relationship term for a father. This is an intimate term for the father. Abba, father, an intimate term for a holy dad. An intimate term, daddy, for a holy father. 
The Spirit is poured into our heart, Paul says, so that we know love, and that love is going to produce hope. Well, this is an intimate type language, and it's because we're adopted as children that God pours the Spirit into our heart so that we can experience the love of the Father, the love of a new family, the love that we're able to share with others. This is a beautiful result of God's perfectly timed, marvelously executed plan. Because you are now adopted into his kingdom, he is pouring out his spirit into you. This spirit gives us an overwhelming certainty that God loves us, an overwhelming assurance that God is for us, an overwhelming experience that God will never leave us or forsake us. I was reading about another pastor who had adopted children from Haiti, and he said he finally knew he had won them over when they stopped hiding food in their high chair. He would feed them, and they had been on the streets of Haiti for so long that they never knew when their next meal was going to come. So when he fed them, they would always take some of the food, look around secretly, and hide it in their chair so that they could save it for later. But he recognized that he had finally won them over. He'd, they finally recognized his love and, and his ability to take care of them when they stopped taking the food and hiding it in their chair because they realized he was going to provide for them another meal later. This is the Spirit of God that is poured into our hearts that when we can fully come to realize and experience that God is going to provide for us and take care of us and love us forever. All because of what Jesus has done for us. All because of the perfect timing and the exquisite, marvelous plan and this beautiful result. God loves us. He pours His Spirit into our hearts. Not only that, but another result is now we are now an heir of the King. Can you imagine being an heir set to inherit the kingdom of God? This is a beautiful result of God's plan. We now are an heir. That means we share in the reward of eternal life both now and later. We share in the promise of the resurrection guaranteed to us because Jesus rose from the dead now and we will experience later after we pass out of these bodies and receive new bodies at the resurrection. We are an heir so that we inherit this kingdom of God now, though only in part, but fully substantial, and then later in full. When we, we are living in a world of decay and corruption, uh, corruption and even death, and Jesus says the kingdom of God is available to us right now. It's a gift that even now you can experience. And when we are in Christ, we start experiencing eternal life now. Eternity starts right now. And we bring that love and that, that, uh, that goodness, that faithfulness, that forgiveness, the power to endure, and it overlaps with this world of sin, death, and, and corruption. And we overlap it with the kingdom of God. We pray that prayer that Jesus prayed, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we get to take the kingdom of God everywhere we go. And we, because we are heirs, we've already begun our inheritance. We've already begun to experience the eternity of right now, eternal life right now. It, we experience it in part, but it is truly substantial. Later, we will experience it in full. This is part of God's plan as well. And it's the beautiful result of having the Spirit of God poured into us because we are sons and daughters of God. It's a beautiful result of being um, a brother or a sister to Jesus Christ. It's a beautiful result of being adopted into God's family. You are now an heir. 
This is a gift that keeps on giving. I wonder if God, when he was preparing to send Jesus and he started planning this before he even created the world, I wonder if he had that anticipation like me that I can just barely wait to give this beautiful gift to my children, to buy them out of their sin slavery and bring them home to be with me, to fill them up with love and confidence in me so much that they no longer have to hide food in their seat, but they just tr completely trust that I'm going to be there for them and protect them and guide them all the way through the hard parts of this life. I love how my God has sent Jesus as a gift. I hope you do too. I hope you're able to respond in such a way that you are just living for Jesus Christ. One of the ways that he gives us to respond to this beautiful gift is called communion. When we participate in communion, we are responding to what God has done for us. Perfect time, beautifully, marvelously executed plan, and beautiful results. When we participate in the bread, we are remembering God's plan that he gave us in Jesus Christ, and we're remembering what Jesus has done for us. Jesus says to his disciples, when you gather together, do this in remembrance of me. Well, what are we remembering? We are remembering that he was born of a woman. He was born under the law so that he might redeem all those under the law and then adopt us into his family. He buys us through his sacrifice on the cross and then he brings us home to God because of his resurrected life. Would you remember that Jesus died for you and rose from the dead by participating in the bread? Jesus, we thank you that you gave your body as a sacrifice, a sacrificial gift that makes us right with God according to the law, declares us no longer under the penalty because you paid the penalty for us. Thank you, Jesus. Would you take out your cup? This cup poured out. It's a new covenant in his blood. His blood covers over all of our sin. He makes us right with God. When we participate in this cup, Jesus says we're participating in his blood. We remember what Jesus has done for us. We remember how his blood covers over our sins. The purchase price for us was Jesus' life, and he paid it with blood. Would you participate in the cup remembering what Jesus has done for you and praising him the whole way? We praise you, Jesus, because you poured out your blood to rescue us. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. How are you going to now respond to God's gift for you? If you believe in Jesus, then don't wait any longer. Get up, be baptized, have your sins washed away, and join in with the kingdom of God. Join in with this experiencing the eternal life of God that he offers right now. Be the overlap of the kingdom of God to all of your family and friends. Don't wait another minute. Give your life completely to Christ. If you've already given your life to Christ, you have a responsibility. Your responsibility is to give that gift of Jesus to your friends and family as often and as many times you can through this season. During the Christmas season, people are more likely to listen 
and be open to hearing about the good news of Jesus and how God, had perfect in the perfect time, sent his son to rescue us. Your responsibility this, this holiday season is not necessarily to give a gift that is wrapped in wrapping paper, but to give the gift of the good news of Jesus, the gospel. Trust that it is true. Trust that it will be good and holy and righteous and life-changing for your friends and family. Give your testimony, how God has changed you, how he has brought you into his family, how he is continually pouring out his spirit into your heart so that you can love and have hope and offer forgiveness to others and tell people what Jesus has done for you. This is how you can respond. This is how you can give the greatest gift God, a man has ever known, the gift of Jesus Christ, his son. Would you tell somebody about Jesus this week? Maybe even today. Maybe even before this video is over, you start, this message is over, you start thinking about who needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Who needs to hear about how Jesus is changing your life? Maybe God will even give you a name if you prayed. Abba, Father, tell me who I need to go tell. And he gives you a name and you go tell that person. Now, that person may not respond immediately, but that will plant a seed in their heart that God will grow to faith and he will start pouring out his spirit over them so that their faith will grow and that they would be able to come to the Lord and know the Lord as well. Would you do that today? Would you respond by telling people about God's perfect timing, his exquisite plan to rescue us, and then the beautiful results that happen because we are children of God? We're going to talk more about the gifts of Christmas over the next couple of weeks, and we hope that you are able to come back and join us. But more importantly, we hope that you are sharing this good gift of Jesus with as many people as you can. Merry Christmas. Thanks again for joining us. If you need someone to pray with you, talk to, or maybe you just need more information about our church, please visit us online at wcconline.org slash connect. Fill out that connect card so we can reach out and help you take your next best step. Thanks again for joining and we will see you back here next time.